Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Oh, yes. I hate this. <laughs> it is revolting. More? Please. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, March 29, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how are you? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 435 of the Biden-Harris administration, 222 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram at the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. And oh my God, sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank. You say Buzz Burbank. Ow! You said it. <laughs> Wow. I, I didn't do that. Oh, I did man. not do that. I swear well, to God. I'm a little shaken. I, I I haven't even told my first joke, and Will Smith just slapped me. <laughs> See there, you get a get a rim shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, as he has explained, he's Bob, I'm Buzz, and uh, we just got a text from Ginny Thomas demanding we overturn last week's show. <laughs> uh, sad news this week, though. Uh, the inventor of those animated graphics known as GIFs or GIFs, uh, mm-hmm. the inventor of those graphics died uh, this past week. Uh, the funeral will be this week, and it'll be short and repeat every three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> last week on the show, we learned that. Uh, <laughs> last week on the show, we learned that Trump, while president, asked Kid Rock for foreign policy advice. Remember? Oh yeah. Well, I think now it's pretty clear Trump got his domestic advice from Kanye West. <laughs> uh, president Biden was on the phone with uh, China's President Xi the other day to uh-huh. talk about uh, Russia's war on Ukraine. <laughs> it's hard to tell how it went. It's all just uh, he said, she said. Ah! That one, that one you could slap me for, okay? Okay. All right. That, yeah, well. Now, that, that was a dad joke. There you go. Uh, the, uh, the Judge Jackson hearings last week were tough, weren't they, in the yeah. Senate? Oh, yeah. Uh, Marsha Blackburn asked Judge Jackson to define the word woman mm-hmm. because Blackburn wants to know what it's like to be one. <laughs> Every single one of these are home runs. And uh, and this week, uh, Trump sold the lease on his uh, Washington, D.C. hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the new owners say they plan to make it a Waldorf Astoria just as soon as they can unclog the toilet. <laughs> more music, the Bob Seska Show. Yeah. I'm lying alone with my thumbs on the phone. Tweeting all night till it hurts. Rocky on the mind. toilet. We know that we're screwed, <laughs> but what else can we do? Our country is torn apart. I wish we could carry the Senate and House, because all these times seem so low. <laughs> and if we're to believe, Michael Cohen will sing when today we don't really know. So much we don't know. What is all this to do? I'm sick of the right being so wrong for so long. I'm all out of fucks. What is all this to do? I'm sick of the right being so wrong for so long. I'm all out of fucks. What is all this to do? I'm sick of the right. 
being so wrong for so long. Yeah, amen. So me. Yeah. I am so there. I am wow. 1,000% out of fucks right, right about now. Do you feel now. like, I, and I, I thought of this just before the show, do you feel like we're in a, a kind of a pressure cooker? Yeah. Only uh, it's sealed. There is no uh-huh. relief valve on I this. Know. And the pressure is building and building. And so it feels as though some sort of in explosion is imminent. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Look, we've been talking about this for a long time now and building toward mm-hmm. whatever that explosion ends up being, Buzz, because... Yeah. Uh, God, we're all acting out. We're all stressed out. We're all freaked mm-hmm. out by what's mm-hmm. going on and everywhere, one existential crisis to the next. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to digest. And yes, we are going to talk about the smack, but not right now. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Talk There's about so much the going on, and, and yeah. even today, bigger things than, than the smack. And I love how we're just calling it the smack. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just the smack. Oh, shit. Well, you know what? The uh, the good news is that Kimberly and I don't have COVID. That's yeah. all. It's some all positive right. news. Yeah. At yeah. least that's what we think. I mean, that's what the tests are telling us, that... Um, <laughs> She, she took a couple of home tests, and she did a PCR test the other day where she had to go out and, and get a swab. Um, all of it came up negative. And for my part, I haven't had any symptoms. She's had right. this sore throat that seems to be getting worse and worse over time. She said mm-hmm. today it's even worse than it was yesterday and so on. Oh, and, my. Sorry, and so yeah. we, we have no idea what that is. I mean, it could be anything from allergies to some other cold that she might have. So who the hell knows? But oh. it's at least a relief to know that we don't have BA2 or BA1 well, or sure, BA is. Baracus, which is uh, he pities the fool. That's the virus that pities the fool, by the way. <laughs> well, and, and we just learned before the show today that uh, BA2 variant of Omicron COVID is now the dominant strain in the United States. Uh, yes, it is. And it is highly contagious, more contagious than all of the others. We don't think it's as serious. Yeah. But what we've learned is that even if you're vaccinated, even if you have little or no symptom, uh, you can still endure long-term damage from this. Mm-hmm. We're finding out more and more about the damage this virus does if you allow it to get in your body. So yeah. uh, Bob and Kimberly and I and a lot of you are still making every reasonable effort to keep it from getting into our bodies. Yeah, and our thing was when we thought maybe she had it, and maybe I had it and was asymptomatic. Uh-huh. Our thinking was, is how the fuck did we how? end up getting this? Because right. we are pretty goddamn safe. I mean, no one's as safe as Jody Hamilton, but we're pretty safe as kind of a second, third tier <laughs> safety-minded household. Second and, tier, uh, I'd say, yeah, 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 I'm yeah third, somewhere in there. I'm third tier. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, we can <laughs> we can debate that one, sir. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've been pretty safe. So how the hell would she have gotten? But thank God it's not that. Right. Here's yeah. the thing, though. I think the reporting, the infection curve that we're going to see as a result of BA2 is mm-hmm. not going to be as pronounced because I think a lot of people are doing home tests, not reporting, dealing with sort of low-grade symptoms like this, sore throats and whatnot. Staying they, home as staying if it were home, the flu or whatever. Yeah. Self-treating and all of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're not really going to see, if it happens, no. I don't know if we're going to see an infection curve, and that's going to give us a false sense of security. And we and we don't know, and the experts don't know, is this going, is this the beginning of the end or is this just uh, the beginning of the next wave yeah. uh we are at the point that if if this proves to be serious and mm-hmm. there is every bit as much chance that it is serious as there is chance that it isn't it, it, at this point in the story of covid uh the meteor is now too close to earth to stop yeah uh yeah. and that's that's kind of where we are so if it's bad if we're wrong that everything's okay uh the, there's a world of hurt and when you said things are happening now one right after another my thought was no things are happening all at the same time <laughs> and that's yeah. and that's the difficult part because yeah. as that covid meteor hurdles toward the earth and it may or hit us or it may not uh, but as it hurtles toward us, uh, we're dealing with our own um, existential crisis of democracy in this mm-hmm. country while the war goes on in Ukraine. Yep. Although there are actually positive news today about both of those things. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get yeah. to that. But yeah. I think before we dig into anything from Ukraine, we got to talk uh-huh. about, I think, the biggest story of the week, at least <laughs> Something that dropped today that could be dominating news for the next several yes. days, provided that we're all done talking about the smack after another mm-hmm. uh, 12, 24 hours. There's another huge scoop from both Muggsy and Bob Woodward, uh, who have been working together <laughs> on this particular I, front. 
I forgot you called former Washington Post reporter Robert Costa Muggsy. I do, uh, and, and thank and, you for and, clarifying. And he's he's now with CBS News. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he looks like a Muggsy. I mean, what can you say? He looks like he would wear a fedora with a little tag <laughs> yes, in it that I, says I press. Agree. And yeah, I agree. He's got that old timey thing where he's dashing up to a bank of payphones to call in the latest story. And and he's shrewd. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a uh, seven hour. 37-minute gap, speaking of 50 Uh years ago, in Trump's White House call logs on January 6th, a gap of seven and a half hours in Mm -hmm. which there's no log of Donald Trump making any official phone calls, which... And it's the same seven hours in which he told, uh, directed his minions to the Capitol and uh, and all the violence took place. It's funny how that seven-hour gap matches almost perfectly (laughs) the period of time that the insurrection was visible. Yeah, and we can add this to the list of music cues when we talk about this subject. (laughs) Burner phones! Breaking Bad burner phones is what we may be discussing here. Yeah. I mean, what else is he using? What else is he uh, employing to make these phone or, calls to whoever? Is, or, or or were the records destroyed or some combination of these things? I suspect it's some combination of these things. I think any records, either records were ordered to be not taken yeah. or they were destroyed. Uh, yes, there may have been uh, burner phone conversations. Here's the, the upside to this, mm-hmm. and that is that we know that the January 6th committee already has call logs of some of the people the White House and Trump were talking to during those seven hours. So we can begin to fill in some of those missing calls. And with a judge's ruling yesterday, we should be able to fill in a lot more. Yeah. Also, remember this number. For some reason, Muggsy and Bob Woodward felt the need to calculate this out by minutes. It's 457 minutes on January (laughs) from 11.17 a.m. to 6.54 p.m., Uh, There's no way Donald Trump spent all that time on a day like Jan 6 not saying a fucking word. Donald Trump hasn't gone seven and a half hours without saying a word. I mean, not even in his sleep. I mean, even when he's sleeping, I'm sure he's like... Me, 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 me. Very, very, very great, very tremendous. Not even seven minutes, I don't think. No, I don't think so. So, obviously, something hinky is going on here. And does this shake DOJ out of its uh, seeming torpor? I don't know. This Uh, is the tipping point. It's now or never. Uh, Not only is there all this public pressure, which has been sort of bubbling out here for a while on uh, Merrick Garland to act or speak or some combination of these things, now there's a really intense pressure coming from the January 6th committee Uh, which has the right to refer criminal charges to the Justice Department, Mm -hmm. and uh, also increasing pressure uh, really coming from this judge that we're going to discuss. And um, this takes us right back to that 18-minute gap in the White House tapes during Watergate. Yes. Yeah, and only this one's seven hours long. It's, yeah. not, it's not minutes, it's hours. Yes. And, and it's during something much scarier than what happened in Nixon's day, and that's mm-hmm. saying something. But didn't that change the entire uh, yep. trajectory of the Watergate investigation when that 18 minutes was discovered? I mean, that didn't that the... amplify everything to the next level? That, that was the turning point. And, yeah. and if we can interject a message about messaging here, kids this is the time to get on your Twitters and your Facebooks and and <laughs> to get out the word yeah. about this seven and a half hour gap mm-hmm. in the White House call logs uh, right. during the insurrection. This is excellent messaging for the Democrats. It's also, uh, you mentioned uh, the tapes being a turning point in Watergate. Uh, this is perhaps a turning point, but certainly a tipping point. Yeah. At, at this point, uh, as the kids say, the shit gets real. Oh, absolutely. And I hope that's the case because we've kind of lost Alvin Bragg in all of this. And I say kind of because it's not fully closed yet. It's in this phantom zone. We don't know whether SDNY is going to pick this up at the federal level. We don't know what's happening with Alvin Bragg at this point, but it's not good. they got to, for all intents and purposes, take that off of the list of mm-hmm. things, unfortunately. And, and, and Letitia James uh, yeah. within, in the Capitol with the, the uh, state attorney general's office yeah. uh, is expressing frustration that he, despite court orders, she still hasn't received 
Trump financial documents. There are some some bad things going on out there, or perhaps good things that are not going on, but there are also good things going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really think this is a, a tipping point. Uh, and when it all ties together with the wife of a Supreme Court justice and the justice himself breaking the law uh, in connection with this insurrection, I mean, this thing is massive, but it's becoming, it's becoming more clear at this point. Yeah. And as I have predicted, although I thought the hearings would start sooner, I think uh, they've been delayed for a reason. But, yeah. uh, man, based on what we're learning, it's going to be quite a show. Oh, yeah. It seems like every week there's something new that they're adding to the docket. They're adding to their investigation, and that changes the entire scope of what we're talking about here. So it, it would be almost premature to start public hearings at this point, given right. the pace at which mm -hmm. new information is being discovered. So, And yeah. that may be the reason that Eric uh, Merrick Garland isn't acting, and, and maybe the reason we haven't heard from him on this but again I, there's very encouraging news on that front i just mm -hmm. got uh, just before we went on the air uh jennifer rubin at the washington post uh came out with uh, an announcement by the uh the justice department uh that the january 6th investigation now reaches nearly every u.s attorney's office and nearly fbi nearly all fbi field offices wow. uh they just got uh what is it here another 34 million to hire 80 attorneys for this investigation, mm -hmm. 80 more attorneys. They'd already brought 750 cases. Uh, let me just one quote here from uh, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. Uh, the January 6th investigation is among the most wide-ranging and most complex this department has ever undertaken. It reaches, and I mentioned the, the U.S. attorneys and field offices. Uh, she says, regardless of whatever resources we seek or get, talking about money, let's be very clear. We're going to continue to do those cases. She added, we are going to hold those perpetrators accountable no matter where the facts lead. And as the attorney general has said, no matter at what level, we will do those cases. God, thank God. You know, the yeah. other thing with this, and this is a, a bigger issue than just sort of the specifics of who's investigating what. I hope at some point in the not-too-distant future we get back to a place in this country where this kind of deceptive, obstructionist behavior from someone who's being investigated mm -hmm. automatically in public view and certainly in the view of the mainstream press seems guilty. We have lost sight of that. It used to be pre-Trump, if someone was being this obstructionist about handing over evidence, about testifying, we would all be collectively going, and I, I think a, a lot of Republicans, too, would be saying, yeah, you know what, this makes him look guilty. This makes him look really, really... And, and then the, in the court of public opinion... Mm -hmm. Then he's found, by and large, guilty. Obviously, there are going to be some holdouts. There were people who supported uh, Richard Nixon up to the end. At, at this point, at this point in our story, uh, two thirds of Republicans still believe that uh, Donald Trump won that election. Oh, two thirds Jesus of Republicans, yeah. and that's what we're up against. And one of the reasons I think it's taking a while is we have to have an airtight case that we can mm -hmm. sell. Yeah. We have to have a story that is so overwhelming, even some, even some of the red hats will have to, you know, admit they were wrong. Yeah, well, I hope that's the case. I hope uh, maybe, uh, you know, we get to a place where people are a little bit more reasonable, but as we're going to discuss uh, later in the show, we're still <laughs> caught in the throes of, of what I believe is the American nervous breakdown. We're in the middle yeah. of a societal nervous breakdown where we kind of lost sight of what's, what's real, uh, what's punishable, what's worthy of investigation, what's right, what's wrong. In, in many circles, the, you know, dividing line between right and wrong has become so immensely blurred in this country. It's staggering and discouraging, and it's, uh, I think, a sort of source of a lot of our stress collectively. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then we see stories like this, where this federal judge, uh, this is a U.S. district judge, mm -hmm. said that Donald Trump likely committed felony obstruction of Congress. He wrote here, this is a U.S. District Court Judge David Carter. Right. Based on the evidence, the court finds it more likely than not that President Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021. One. Uh, Carter's sweeping and historic ruling came as he ordered the release to the Jan 6 committee of 101 emails from Trump ally John Eastman, rejecting Eastman's mm -hmm. efforts to shield them via attorney-client privilege. Eastman used the email account of his former employer, Chapman University, to discuss political and legal strategy related to efforts to overturn the 2020 election and had sued the select committee to prevent them from obtaining the emails from the school. Chapman University spokesperson Cerise Valenzuela Metzger 
said the university would comply with the court order, and Eastman said in a statement through his attorneys he would also comply. But the, the statement about Donald Trump, that he more likely than not corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress, see also what we were discussing a, a few seconds ago about the call logs. This, if Merrick Garland hasn't been acting up to this point in regard to investigating Donald Trump specifically, I hope, I hope this gives him a... Uh, it would you, know what, seem. you know what I almost said? I almost said a smack to the back of the head. <laughs> but maybe that's the wrong metaphor today. <laughs> maybe um, today. I, I hope in a figurative sense. It yes. shakes him into mm-hmm. some form of uh, investigatory action here. At the very I, least, some of these obstruction charges, these uh, recommendations of uh, criminal obstruction coming from the January 6th committee, which I don't see any action there either. If, if Garland hope if Garland hopes to save the country and his own legacy, uh, yeah, we need to see action. Uh, the public, a, a lot of it, well, I say the public, a lot of progressives believe they already have enough evidence and it's overwhelming. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way in court, and so you got to give Garland a little leeway here. We've given him a lot of leeway, mm-hmm. and as I said, we're at a tipping point now. Yeah. Uh, this this judge's comment cited the comments by uh, Eastman, who said we're no longer playing by Queensberry rules. Uh, the <laughs> judge said the illegality of the plan is obvious. Uh, This is a point at which Garland has choice, but very little choice, really. There's really only one happy, survivable way for Garland to go at this point, and Mm -hmm. now appears to be the time. A little note about Eastman, if I may. Our listeners may or may not know. Uh, uh, Dr. Eastman is the lawyer who wrote the memo that explained how Pence could do his part to overturn the election. He came up with that whole scheme when he said, we're not playing by Queensbury rules here. Uh, He was admitting that it was illegal. And uh, he's also uh, a a former clerk of, wait for it, Judge Clarence Thomas. Wow. And Eastman is a close friend of, wait for it, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is now also under scrutiny by the January 6th committee. And we're going to see in these hearings how this all ties together. But all the usual suspects are our prime suspects in this. So let's talk about Ted Cruz with his visible layer of slime. Didn't he say, isn't the story that Donald Trump called Ted Cruz to represent him to argue his case before the Supreme Court? And Cruz agreed, yes. Yeah, which would have also involved Involved, uh, Clarence Thomas, obviously, without right. any sort of recusal, <laughs> uh-huh. God, knowing full well that Ginny Thomas was actively working to overturn the election. I mean, for fuck's sake, this is like the very definition of a conspiracy. I mean, we always talk about conspiracy theories. This is a legitimate conspiracy. This is numerous people all working in secret towards the end of disrupting the peaceful transfer of power and overturning a uh, democratic election. Exactly. And Clarence Thomas uh, knew, he he did what he had agreed to do. He he held up his end of the bargain by being the only justice, he also made himself obvious, Mm -hmm. by being the only justice to vote against release of White House materials from from Trump. Um, This is, and and Jenny Thomas and he have referred to each other as their best friend. Jenny says she was talking to her best friend during this period of time, despite other denials that you'll hear. Uh, this is all actually very neatly tied together, as complex as it may sound to some. Mm. Uh, it's it's pretty clear. It, it all narrows down to the same folks. Oh, yes, yes. And we all know who they are. It's just like they yes. were saying on the Stephanie Miller show earlier today. There's video. We can see yes. this shit happening. Yes. We know yes. who is involved. We, and it's the worst kind of goddamn gaslighting that mm-hmm. they're just, I mean, every time you tune into Fox News, it's the same shit where you go, oh my God, am I losing my fucking mind? And you're not. You're not losing your mind. You're not alone. You're not going crazy. This really happened, and these people perpetrated exactly what you think they did. And uh, and isn't it true that you and I and the people listening to us are going to once and for all lose faith in our system, in our justice system, if there isn't some kind of accountability. In my mind, in many ways, democracy dies if Garland fails to act quickly. Yep, yep. 
And here, uh, well, yeah. yeah go I, ahead. I just wanted to add one other comment from the judge that I thought was beautifully written. Judge Carter wrote in, mm -hmm. in this ruling. Uh, he was uh, demanding that uh, emails be turned over uh, to the January 6th committee, 100 emails. And uh, he, he writes, if Dr. Eastman and President Trump's plan had worked, it would have permanently ended the peaceful transition of power, there undermining American democracy and the Constitution. And then he said, if the country does not commit to investigating and pursuing accountability for those responsible, mm -hmm. the court fears January 6th will repeat itself. And you and I know that's true as well. Oh, my God. Abso-fucking-lutely. If Joe Biden wins re-election against let's say Donald Trump or let's say mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis or someone else. Yeah. There is going to be a repeat of this. If the Democrats by some miracle and then suddenly Democratic voters turn out and get energized for this thing, you know, to save the goddamn Republic Democrats, if we actually pull out a greater majority in the Senate and hang on to our majority in the House this year's midterms, oh my God, it's going to happen again. That's when the next insurrection will happen and, and it'll happen around the same time. Yeah. And, and pounding repeatedly the simple idea of that seven-and-a-half-hour gap in White House records, yep. I think will frame the situa situation as it is mm -hmm. for the American people. Absolutely. And the next thing here, and this, I think, feeds into why we're all feeling this sense of hopelessness, this sense of helplessness uh -huh. in, in the face of what's happening all around us, what's certainly what's happening to our government um, and our mainstream media to an extent. CBS News has uh. inexplicably hired Mick Mulvaney as a news contributor. And today they had him breaking down uh, Joe Biden's tax plan on wealthy Americans. I'm sure you can probably guess what he had to say about raising taxes on rich people. Um, this is exactly what I was concerned about from going back, I don't know, years and years and years while Trump was still president. I knew for a fact that after Trump left the White House and a little bit of time went on by, that there would be platforms that would try to normalize these villains. And I'm not talking about Fox News. It was obvious that a lot of these people, uh, Kellyanne Conway and so on, are going to go on Fox News Channel. That was clear from the get-go. Right. But what I'm talking about is the networks and the news shows watched by normals. That's where, yes. uh, you know what, I we got to keep a close eye on this because you know they're going to try. They're, they're going to try to rehabilitate these people. Sean Spicer had already gone on whatever it was, Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Tucker Carlson had been on Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Yeah. yeah, but now yeah. they're getting into the, the, the realm of actual news programming. And that's... Uh, yeah. A CBS News, it's not just this, though. It's it's yeah. not just that. CBS is becoming Fox, and I think people need to know that mm. because it's not just the hiring of Mulvaney. There was a CBS News memo that told the journalists not to use the words coup or insurrection in covering January 6th, uh, that they were actually peaceful protesters and there was no need to over-dramatize the story. Wow. For at least two weeks in a row, uh, CBS's Face the Nation has uh, aired uh, the thoughts and feelings of Republicans without providing any time at all to Democrats. Uh, there's uh, there's a, the, the well, their political editor at this point uh, used to work for Republicans. Uh, this is it's become a Republican network. It's become wow. Fox News. And and one of the reasons I think uh, you know Chris Chris Wallace has been talking about why he left Fox. Uh, all a number of news channels are in turmoil right now. Fox, CNN, CBS. Uh, and and Chris Wallace uh, left Fox because he couldn't any longer be associated with that. He says uh, it, so. There's the, all this churning going on, uh, and uh, he, we also know that Fox has been reacting to networks like OAN and Newsmax, mm -hmm. and so that's why Fox has stuck to the most insane theories over recent weeks. Yeah, uh, they've they've gone even farther to the right, and now CBS News is is filling the void left by Fox. Yes, and it's absolute bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Yes, it is it bullshit. Is. And here's the thing. This is a programming choice. This is yeah. a, another, I keep saying this phrase, it's a cynical cash grab. It's like, yeah. we're going after that market segment because we feel as though NBC News, ABC News, they've got the normals sewn up, but what? there's maybe more people that we can grab over here on the Red Hat side, on the Republican side, that uh, we haven't previously harvested. That's so let's go over there and do that. And that's, oh my God, the cynicism. 
the ignorance of what journalism should be coming out of this decision. And I don't think I'm making too big a deal out of this, by the way. No, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Because you know what else? There are about a million other people who could go on television right now, fully polished, with all the expertise in the world on economic issues, and do a much better job than Mick Mulvaney ever fucking could, that goddamn weasel. I mean, there's no one else capable of doing this crap, CBS News? I mean, Jesus Christ. Why, Why not just hire Donald Trump himself? Why not bring alternative facts Kellyanne Conway on? I, I guess I shouldn't tempt fate. It, it could, yeah, it could happen. Careful. Shh, yeah. shh, don't never say mind. That. Never mind. Forget <laughs> I just said that. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll cut that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 very frustrating. But you're you're absolutely right. And yeah, yeah. I am heartened that uh, CBS is taking such a beating about mm-hmm. this today on social media. And uh, part of our progressive message, in addition to hammering that. Yeah. seven-hour gap, I think we should be hammering at, away. And it, it's at CBS News, by the way, if you mm-hmm. uh, care to tweet toward them right. or about them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're getting quite a beating. I, I hope I hope this has some effect. I don't know if it will or not, but uh, we certainly need to make CBS aware and everyone else aware of, of what's happening here. The real pisser about it, Buzz, though, is the fact that they most likely went through a whole contract negotiation process oh, sure. with business yeah. affairs and Mulvaney's people, and they worked out a deal, a number of slots in which he appears, the amount of money he's going to be paid, whether he gets a car to take him to the studio, etc. All that shit has been worked out. So it's not like... He's appearing as a random guest that shows up in one of those squares, like we see on cable news a lot. It's not yeah. like that's that's not his job, and that's and that's easy to it's easy, yeah, it's easy to stick that toothpaste back in the tube with a contract and a salary and uh, you know a commitment made by both parties. That's a lot more difficult to unravel, and so he's, <laughs> that's what makes it being, dangerous. Indeed, he's being passed off as a journalist when he isn't that at all. And you're right, you're what you just. Uh, talked about the the length of the contract negotiations the length of the process about thinking about whether or not to approach him yeah uh, or or maybe perhaps he approached them and they had to think about it uh apparently they didn't think long but it underscores my point that cbs has been on this track for a while now perhaps since oh. maybe even before january 6th and uh it, there's a lot of turmoil within cbs news right now just as there is at cnn and fox and uh, there's a lot of this going around not every network has been subject to it yet but uh those three have. Yeah, you know, sometimes I forget the networks still exist. <laughs> I think that's yeah. part of my problem. Like, oh my God, there is still, there are broadcast networks still out there. Holy shit, okay. And and so consequently, I had no idea that this was a trend. I had no idea CBS was moving in this direction. Not surprising, though. Not surprising in the slightest. At, at least uh, uh, David Muir's uh, ABC World News Tonight, uh, last night, uh, spent... Sadly, only about 45 seconds on the things that we're talking about today, oh, uh, what, the, what the judge had to say, what January 6th committee is doing. It was just a quick wrap-up with a few photographs, still photos, yeah. and so it was a very short story uh, compared to the, what, three minutes and 45 seconds they spent on the Will Smith slap. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so, uh, and, and the, of course, the Trump story came after the Will Smith story. So, uh, you know, this shows you where priorities still are, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, the, the right things are not getting attention, which is why we appreciate so much people coming here and other uh, places to, to find out what exactly is going on. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for supporting this show. I, I very yes. much appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Um, and we do try to rise to those levels of expectations as well. So uh, we hope we deliver. All right. Well, coming up here in a second, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say at this point, but we're going to get into it. Okay. I, I have not really commented on this topic publicly. Right, I noticed. Yeah. And I've deliberately wanted to take some time to really seriously think about it. I didn't want to knee-jerk into an opinion. Nor um, did I. Yeah, and also I didn't want to join the... The cavalcade of opinions on this thing, necessarily. But I feel as though this really does dovetail into something we've been talking about on the show for quite some time now. And so, therefore, I would like to highlight it, analyze it, yeah. and, uh, and and at least weigh in on what exactly happened and how it relates to what we've uh, been discussing already. So we're gonna I, get, did, yeah. I did tweet a couple of observations about it initially without taking sides. Now, uh, you know, because it, yeah, I wasn't sure where things were going to land or... Yeah. 
or yeah. you know how how things to be. I knew I needed to be careful, which mm-hmm. is something to think about. Yes. But, oh my God. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> but I but I but I have of course engaged in discussion since in the comments and everything mm-hmm. uh, after those tweets. But initially, I was just making humorous observations about it. Yeah. Well, I think most people can kind of guess where I'm going to land on this thing. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But there's nothing more stressful than out of control credit card debt. I've been there myself. I, I remember waking up at three o'clock in the morning in a sheer panic over the size, the enormity of the debt I was having to deal with, uh, plus the sense of futility. I ended up filing a chapter seven back in the day, but you don't have to resort to that nuclear option. All you need is Lightstream. So did you know that refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money and you don't have to be a financial expert to do it? Here's how. You can get a fixed-rate credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream, and you could save thousands in interest. Rates start at 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credits, lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. You get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and you might even get the money in your bank account on the very day that you apply online. And here, now... Just for my listeners, you can apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Seska. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. As always, I got a link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com slash seska that's lightstream.com slash seska for more information okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! All-time favorites all day long! this album so much totally standing this album it's one of the best this is Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith and uh, a song called God from the Machine it's the very last track off of the Cosmologica album which is great and uh, if you love prog rock if you love like modern progressive something that's kind of a throwback to the 70s early 80s this would be it. I love. It I know so why you. I know why you like this. Oh, it sounds very much like yes. It is very much like yes. It's certainly in that genre. Yeah. There's a lot of influence there. In fact, Cersei and Christian Nesmith, they've been uh, covering some Yes songs on their YouTube well, channel you as well too. So, and we've played. Uh, we played their cover of Starship Trooper. I want to say over this past summer, it may have been the summer before, but just an unbelievable cover, and it's Cersei Link collaborating not only with her husband, Christian Nesmith, but also with Paul Melanson, who's another recording artist we've played here in the show, and uh, both Cersei and Paul do the lead vocals. It's just an incredible performance, and I just, I, I'm just i so in love with this album. <laughs> I, I've been playing it on loop just endlessly over and over again. Again, CerseiLink.com, link in the description under this episode, pun not intended. Okay. Other might uh, disagree, but I like the way musical styles or sub-genres cycle back around. You know, yeah. it's almost like clothing fashion, you know. You, oh, yeah. You, 
bell bottoms in, bell bottoms out, bell bottoms in, bell bottoms mm-hmm. out, and and we we keep going around like that. But and, and while somebody might criticize that, I actually think it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, real quick, something to say about uh, Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. Right. Just, just, oh, just yes, a, a, such a tragic loss. Wow. My age, he's, he was fifty years old. Uh, most likely died under similar circumstances as uh, our friend Chez. Yeah. It looks like yeah. at this point that it may have been a drug overdose in, uh, where was he, Colombia? Were they yes. uh, performing down in South America? And, right. Yeah. And uh, as, soon, as soon as I heard that he had passed, uh, it was noted by a number of people, well, they didn't say how or where. And as soon as I heard it was in Colombia, we heard where before we heard how. Yeah. And as soon as I heard it was in Colombia, I went, oh, boy. Oh, uh-huh. no. And, and naturally, I thought of cocaine, but that wasn't one of the drugs in his system. Yeah, yeah. And it's not only a tragedy for those of us who are Foo Fighters fans, and I'm a huge Foo fan, Foo, yeah, Foo Fighter fan. They fight uh, the food. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but on top of that, it feels like another nail in the rock and roll coffin. And Literally. while we do play a ton of just incredible rock and roll music here on the show, it's right. all independent. It's all on the alternative charts as well. Uh, there's a, a lot of rock and roll coming out of Memphis, for example. Yes. But, but short of that, there's no or little or no rock whatsoever on the Billboard Top 100, the Hot 100. Uh, mm. It's certainly not a top 40 radio airplay kind of thing anymore. And it right. feels like with Foo Fighters, they were, and still, I mean, I don't know if they're breaking up or not, but they are one of the last mainstream rock and roll bands. And whatever ones that are left, we need them to keep going. And, and losing Taylor Hawkins feels like a step uh, in the wrong direction. And uh, yeah, what a tragedy. And I think- it, it, they made a horror film, uh, Studio yeah. 666, the group did, and it, oh, yeah, right. it puts a, it casts a weird uh, pall on that movie. I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, that, yeah. That, that may sort of disappear into obscurity. I don't know. My God. I mean, just talk about a band that sort of signifies the last 20, 25 years of music. You can go back through all of the events and eras of the past uh, quarter decade, and Foo Fighters are right there, uh, charting, uh, writing music that's important. I mean, I'll never forget back in 2015, listening to that group of, I think, a thousand musicians all performing Learn to Fly uh, (laughs) all at the same time. And the chills and the tears I experienced watching that glorious moment with all of these people coming together with smiles on their faces, hand in hand, performing this great piece of music. And such a tribute to Foo Fighters, but also a tribute, I think, to the good side of humanity, the good side of the force, so to speak. And we see that so seldom. And I think one of the areas where we don't see it as often and someone posted this meme the other day, Buzz. Uh, it was on Twitter yes. where uh, they said, here's a photograph of the Oscars before the pandemic. And it was that uh-huh. group selfie with Ellen DeGeneres and Bradley Cooper. Right. Remember that group? And it was like this happy moment. And then it said, after the pandemic. And it was the photograph of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock yeah. on, and there on stage. Is, yeah. There is a tie-in there, as you mm-hmm. indicated earlier, as part of the American nervous breakdown. And that was the first thing that occurred to me that mm-hmm. we have entered. Yeah, we have entered this new era, and I've sort of been blanket referring to it as the American nervous breakdown, but there's something that's even more specific under that umbrella definition. And that is Mm -hmm. acts of lashing out at the people we disagree with. I'm talking about the slap defamation suits, which are the active endeavor trying to silence people's political opinions using defamation lawsuits. Plus, you've got all of these confrontations of public figures in their homes or in restaurants, whether it's uh, red hats confronting liberals or liberals confronting red hats, throwing pies at Bill Kristol or shoes (laughs) at George W. Bush. I mean, that goes back a way. Or insurrections, the insurrection that we saw on January 6th and the militia groups for acting that matter. Out. Yeah, yeah, acting there's out. A lot of, there's a lot of acting out now, indeed. Yeah. And, yeah. and you see it in, uh, we talked about it before, in grocery stores and in, on airlines. Right. It's everywhere. Yes. So uh, as far as the actual event at the Oscars, uh, you know, we were just like, Everyone else watching the Oscars Sunday Mm -hmm. night. At first, we thought, okay, this is a bit. They're doing a a little comedy skit here with Will Smith pretending to be outraged by something. I thought that up until I saw Will Smith actually yelling 
Right. And while it was muted uh, by the network, I could still tell, oh, no, this is not a bit. He was really pissed off. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a terrible joke. <laughs> it was a stupid fucking joke. I mean, stupid, let's, yes. Yes. Yeah. It was a dumb joke. G.I. Jane came out in 1997. Right. Bald woman jokes stopped being funny about two minutes after that movie came out. Uh-huh. And so it's just like, oh, my God, what a hack Oscar-style joke. It's like something that, okay, yes, it's a crowd pleaser because everyone knows G.I. Jane and that Demi Moore shaved her head for that role because she was in the movie. She's trying to become a Navy SEAL, for God's sake. You know, there's no knowing what he knew or the writers on the Oscars knew, whether right. they realized that she had uh, a, a disease uh, that was causing her hair to fall out. Oh, a lot of people have pointed out that yeah, she's been public for months on, on her alopecia, and uh, that's fine, except I didn't know that until this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't, didn't know that until this week, and therefore uh, it's not fair uh, or reasonable for us to assume that Chris Rock knew that, even though he did a documentary about black women's hair earlier and should have been more sensitive to it, as I have been told. Yeah. Uh, they, people are still debating this. There are still a few people who think it was faked, although I think now that the Academy's come out with its condemnation of Will Smith's act, uh, you know, I think people are finally realizing, hey, it wasn't a gag. I knew it wasn't a gag as soon as I saw uh, Will Smith's arms swing around from having contact with Chris's face. As soon as I saw Chris's face, I knew it wasn't a, a bit. Yeah. Uh, and we and we heard the pop. We heard the smack. Yeah, uh, but I, I thought that was like uh, like an accidental like a, bump like a, of the microphone because yeah, yeah. it had there's that a, thud noise rather than there, the, there, it wasn't that. There's, was there's a, a way to, and, and there's, of course, a Hollywood way to fake that, you know, yeah, to make yeah. that sound while you're pretending to slap somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's not what happened here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean... Will Smith lost control there, and as far as the joke goes, yeah, it was a dumb joke, but it was a it was a throwaway. It wasn't, yeah. and 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 the other thing I have to point out is Will Smith was laughing at that joke. You call it a bad joke if you want yes. to, but Will Will Smith right. thought it was funny until he looked at his wife and saw she didn't. Yeah, and that's when everything changed. And I saw women writing. Uh, I find it very sexy that Will Smith stood up for his woman. <sighs> And, and, you know, and then he, uh, Will Smith, in his uh, remarks on accepting his Best Actor Award, uh, you know, said uh, we, we do things, uh, for crazy things for love no. or out of, you know, and that is sadly the kind of thing an abuser says. That's right. You know? yeah. I hit you because I love you. It's the only way you'll learn. But I mean, it, it was a dumb joke. However, we don't assault people and disrupt live television no. shows because of dumb jokes or for any other reason. I mean, what we're talking about here and the people who brought up, including Kimberly Johnson, my girlfriend, talking about toxic masculinity in this context. Right. This mm-hmm. is a great illustration of toxic masculinity. It's not what yeah, uh, Bill Maher was talking about Friday night. Bill Maher was talking about something else. Bill Maher was conflating toxic masculinity with just normal masculinity. And <laughs> Bill Maher was being disingenuous. Shocker. Bill Maher That's was being disingenuous Friday what night. What he does uh, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so just, uh, I thought it was coincidental that he did his uh, rant at the end of his show about toxic masculinity. And then we get this thing uh, Sunday night, which is actual toxic masculinity. And that's the notion that a man's job is to (laughs) beat up people who insult his family. And that there's an expectation that men do that. Otherwise, they're not real men. They're not real husbands. They're not real fathers. Unless they deck someone over a joke that is 25 years old. As somebody somebody pointed out on Twitter, uh, the husband of Katanji Brown Jackson didn't jump up and slap anybody at her hearings (laughs) when they were were insulting her. Yeah, great point. And so this was a case where the way to handle this sort of thing, from a masculine point of view, and this is this is just this would be the masculine thing to do. This would be the truly masculine thing to do. You go backstage later and you handle it, you talk it out with Chris Rock. And you know right. what? If you want to scowl at him, if you want to flip him the bird as he's telling right. the joke and, and right. you want to be caught on camera doing that and you uh, don't mind being caught on camera doing that, fine, do that. And that's one of the dangerous things about the smack. It sent yeah. a message, yeah. really, that it's okay to smack somebody if they insult your wife. And a right. lot of Americans believe that anyway. Yeah. This simply reinforced it and spread that message to others who could be influenced. And I have a very personal connection to this sort of thing. 
thing. It's not a one-to-one comparison, obviously, with what happened Sunday night, but it's in the same universe of things. Back in 2014, I got a call from my dad who informed me that this guy showed up at his door. Mm -hmm. Turns out this guy, long story short, this guy is an Alex Jones disciple. He's also a Sandy Hook truther or whatever you want to call it. And he was also a guy who was going around Newtown tearing down all of the Mm -hmm. commemorative signs Mm -hmm. that honored the 20 children and six educators who died in that massacre. And so he wanted to get to me. He wanted to bring the information that he had discovered to me. And then by extension to uh, my partner on the podcast, Ches Pazienza, who was also, he and I both also worked at the Daily Banter at the time. Right. And so instead, this guy shows up at my dad's door. My dad and I have the same first and last name. Uh, and so he must have looked up online, saw Bob Seska in wherever. I'm not going to say where my dad lives, but uh, he went to my dad's house, found his Think way he through. Was you. Yeah, yeah, right. f- found his way through two layers of security at my dad's condo complex. Wow. There's a front gate, and then the the, the security door at the front of the building. Uh, he got through both of those things. And then was knocking on my dad's door. Thank God the guy wasn't violent. But this was an example of how instead of going to an arena where we exchange ideas, instead what we do now is we have to confront people personally. And that's where it gets really creepy and dangerous. And it, and it really, I mean, you want to talk yeah. about something that mutes and silences conversation, that silences ideas. I'm not talking about cancel culture here. I'm talking about confrontational culture and maybe that's what we can call it from our this has been a, a factor or reality since the pioneer days in this country yeah, yeah. we've seen it grow especially over the last uh, several decades uh but it was donald trump in my opinion who opened the floodgates and mm-hmm. made uncivil behavior okay in the minds of a lot of people yeah. uh people who knew better and held back before uh, under Trump, uh, it, it was demonstrated to them that they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was you, you've talked about how Trump has changed uh, the normalcy of the presidency. Uh, it, it changed the normalcy of Americans as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, because they they suddenly had permission. Suddenly there were good people on both sides. Uh, uh, knock the crap out of him at Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this was the kind of thing that oh well then it's okay to do that and and Will Smith just uh, threw another stick on the fire yeah yeah it wasn't political obviously I'm not trying to make it no, political no, but no, what I'm saying no, is, is that Will Smith felt breakdown. the need yeah exactly Will Smith felt the need to uh, instead of just saying someone was wrong and someone was obnoxious or that the joke was lame or whatever instead he had to make that person. Pay act out. for their joke. He had to act out. Yes, exactly. He had to make that person physically pay for being wrong. I, I, to a large degree, I think he did it for show. I think he did it to prove to perhaps Jada, perhaps others, that he would defend his wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's too bad it couldn't have been Ted Cruz. But Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there's been lots of speculation as to why he's done this. But ultimately, well, uh, while we're not going to know what motivated Will Smith for certain, what we do know is what he did was wrong. And, right. You know, and um, the Academy, it's going to be interesting. I'd be eager to see now uh, because the Academy for Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has promised uh, some sort of disciplinary action yeah. against Will Smith. But they're going to have to proceed carefully here mm-hmm. because uh, Hollywood is still pretty divided itself over uh, who was right or who, or who was more right or more wrong in this instance. Uh, you know, I get, the joke is unfortunate. I don't think Chris Rock meant any malice although we don't know because they do have a history but uh I don't I don't we don't know that he had any malice we don't know that Chris Rock knew of uh Jada's alopecia despite other people seeming to know it uh so there's there's a lot we don't know there but uh it'll be interesting to see uh, with the, now that the academy has condemned uh, will smith's actions it'll be interesting to see what action the academy takes yeah and i think the ultimate takeaway with all of this the ultimate conclusion has to be that assault is always wrong there is no justification 
for an assault like this. And mm. unless Chris Rock went up and assaulted Jada Pinkett Smith or assaulted Will Smith, there is no justification for marching up onto the stage and assaulting Chris Rock. None whatsoever. I don't care how you slice it. There's a reason why assault is against the law. There's a reason why there's a punishment that goes along with it if charges are pressed. Because it's morally wrong. You don't do that. That's not how we behave in a civil society. We don't solve our problems at the point of a gun, despite what our political leadership tends to do. We don't do that sort of thing as American citizens. And I, and I hope, I hope this turns things around. I hope this, uh, as I said before, starts the pendulum swinging the other way. Well, the, the weight is, just as there's pressure on Merrick Garland, there is pressure on the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences yeah. to do the right thing here. It'll be interesting to see because they've got a tough line to walk here. Yeah. So there you go. There's our uh, opinions on the uh, That's on it. the smack. Done and done. The smack. The smack. Yeah. We, are, we are now officially done. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> yes. So the uh, Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new episodes episodes of the Bob Seska show and it's the best way to listen to the show every time there's a new episode you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays Wednesdays and Thursdays and notifications for the Friday after party and the shadow docket shows too you can listen at home or in the car with just a couple of swipes and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each show oh and you can manage your subscriptions without ever sitting down at a computer subscribe for as little as one dollar a month one dollar a month that's less than a penny per episode or kind of at <laughs> i can't do the math at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash show. then download the patreon app from the app store onto your phone again that's bobseskashow.com thank you rubles not accepted <laughs> okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Sometimes I feel like the holiest child friend George Harris, one of our jingle makers here in the show. This is a song called Holiest Child. We've got a link in the description to his band camp under this episode, as always, at bobseska.com. Yeah, George made a jingle for us uh, for the uh, bit we did last Tuesday, uh, Do's and Don'ts with Vlad and Vlad. So next time we do that bit, Buzz, we got a jingle for it. Looking forward to it. All right. The, pr- the pressure is on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so great the first time around. We got to do it. Absolutely got to do it again. We have to meet our standards. Yes. And, and you know how low they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, don't get happy, but it looks like Russian troops appear to be moving away from Kiev. In large numbers, according to U.S. intelligence, yes. Yeah, the Russian Ministry of Defense, too, said uh, on Tuesday, it has decided to drastically reduce hostilities in the Kiev and <laughs> Cherningov regions, uh, and uh, Russian Deputy Defense Minister Alexander Fomin said, according to state media RIA, the U.S. assesses Russia will cover their retreat with air and artillery bombardment of the capital, so sure. it's not done for the people in Kiev yet, one right. of the officials said. U.S. officials cautioned that Russia could always reverse again if the battle of conditions course. allow. Could uh, be a fake out. Yeah, the move follows peace talks between Russian and Ukrainian delegations in Istanbul on Tuesday. It also comes as uh, Joe Biden holds a call with French President President Emmanuel Macron, uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, 
uh, Italian right. Prime Minister Mario Draghi and uh, United Kingdom Prime Minister Boris Johnson to discuss the latest in developments in Canada. I, you know, I, they, I, they, well, I, yeah, I was just going to say they had that meeting at uh, what, like nine thirty Eastern time this morning, yeah. and uh, and then at nine fifteen, I guess about ten thirty, uh, Macron had uh, a scheduled phone call with just him and Putin. Yeah. I guess uh, Macron would be representing the group uh, in in speaking to Putin, uh, and uh, it, we were told at the time that this uh, phone call with. Uh, Trump, I'm sorry, with Trump, with, uh, with, with, <laughs> with I do Putin. that too. Yeah. He's so easily confused I know. that this phone call, this phone call with Putin and Macron, uh, it was very, very significant. So we'll be here to hear what comes out of that. Yeah, disappointed that uh, President Duda wasn't included. Look out! Oh, there we go. Sorry. No. <laughs> of course we are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's a question I have for you, Buzz. What do you think yes. about what Joe Biden said about Vladimir Putin? He said, uh, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Gaff or not a gaff? Not a gaff. Clearly not a gaff. And, and I, you know, I'm proud of Biden for refusing to as the press put it, walk back his comments. Uh, and I'm disappointed in the president's staff for not doing the same on his behalf earlier. Mm. It was clear to me the moment I heard that comment live that he was not stating policy. He was speaking from his heart about what we all feel. Any reasonable person agrees that Vladimir Putin should not remain in power. Nobody, nobody can reasonably disagree with that. And uh, to me, it's very clear Biden was wasn't stating policy. He was expressing his emotional opinion, and he's right. We all agree with him. And and you know what? Generally, I agree with that. My my concern is that I hope this man cannot remain in power translates into Russian the way we hope it translates into Russian. Because oh, well, my, yeah. my yeah, my concern has always been from the very beginning of this is that uh, just the slightest move in the wrong direction could touch off a chain of events. And I'm very Agreed. concerned about a chain of events that starts involving rules of engagement and the potential for nuclear weapons. Joe Biden himself has tremendous foreign policy and diplomatic experience. Sure. Uh, I, I don't I don't think, uh, and, and he has sounded to me to be as sharp as a tack yeah. in discussing this. Uh, very, very clear uh, and clearly spoken on, on his position with this. Uh, the, I don't think uh, Putin doesn't appear to be taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the Kremlin has said uh, the, what Biden has said means nothing. They've also framed it for the Russian people as a, a threat to take out uh, to take out Putin. Sure. Uh, and and uh, we've learned, I learned today anyway, that the vast majority of Russian people agree with Vladimir Putin. Now you and I know that that's because they've not been exposed to the truth or the facts. Yeah. Uh, but the the fact of the matter is uh, Russia is behind Putin and not inclined to remove him. They're not going to do it as much, at least not yet. Maybe economically they will at some point because things are have gone from wor worse to terrible there. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I never for a moment uh, felt, you know, worried about what the response might be. If you're a, an official in the Kremlin, if you're a member of the Duma, whatever, if you're a, a higher-up Russian government official, uh -huh. my hope is that you would hear what Joe Biden said and go, well, yeah, duh, obviously they're going to want to, <laughs> I mean, they don't want Vladimir Putin still in charge here because of all the chaos and horrible uh, atrocities right. and so on. And so if I'm an official in Moscow, I'm going, well, yeah, obviously, but I don't know that we're dealing with fully rational people here. I, I understand, yeah, I, you know, yeah. but I but I think if we were going to see some kind of reaction, we would have seen it before now. Yeah, uh, I yeah. and, and and what we're getting out of the Kremlin is meh. You know, basically, mm -hmm. they're not not all that shaken by what Biden has said. Yeah. But man, but they have put out, uh, you know, Russian state news saying, you know, Biden's made this terrible threat. And what does that do besides uh, brainwash Russians? It it gives material to Tucker Carlson and uh, Ted Cruz and yeah, uh, a yeah. lot of those other clowns here. Right. And we also know, too, uh, and I'm sure you covered this uh, as part of your Watergate coverage, is that in the post-Watergate era, there were all kinds of hearings and new laws that were put forth. And one of those Reforms, laws was, yeah. yeah, yeah, one of those laws banned uh, 
extrajudicial assassinations of foreign leaders, uh, which had been something that we had been actively doing (laughs) up until that point. And so it is illegal for the president to order the assassination of a foreign leader. I don't think we do. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think we've stuck to that promise since passing that reform. Mm -hmm. And I think the Kremlin knows that too. I don't know that that law, the existence of that rule for the president, will keep the Russian people from going, oh, fuck them for wanting to kill our beloved Vladimir Putin. Uh, You know, this is a bit of nuance that I think is getting lost (laughs) in the uh, mix, inside Russia at least. True, and and they are behind Putin on that. What's going to undo Putin, uh, unless his own military people turn on him, what's going to undo him is the Russian economy and the state thereof. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. It's as bad as it's ever been, Mm -hmm. maybe worse there now. Yep. Well, uh, I guess lastly here, Ron DeSantis has signed the uh, Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida, which we knew was going to happen. We knew this was coming down um, just as all part of the walling off of the red states, making sure that the, you know, uh, red states, you know, kind of shove out the undesirables, you know, make, yes. making sure that the undesirables are either second class citizens or forced out of the state entirely so they can build their bullshit right wing red hat utopias. And- right. Well, uh, cruelty is the point yeah. of this legislation and appealing to the angry red hat base. Mm-hmm. And uh, DeSantis is running for president, he thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps he will. Uh, uh, that's the that's the noise of it. Uh, and and uh, until the majority changes here in Florida, there's not much anyone can do about it. We all need to keep our eye on DeSantis at this point. That little weasel, yeah. a little grin, grinning weasel you just want to slap. <laughs> where's where, Where's Will Smith when you need him? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this guy, and I'm speaking figuratively, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, but but uh, this guy, uh, the thing to watch with him now is he just rejected his own Republican legislature's redrawing of the district maps in Florida. Uh, for what purpose? To make them even worse? So watch that space and okay. see what kind of monkey business DeSantis is up to there. Yeah, well, on the good news side of this, and I don't know if this is uh, good news in the long run, but at least for now, uh, it's kind of shocking. Indiana's Republican governor, Eric Holcomb, has vetoed a bill that would ban transgender women from participating in girls' school sports. So that's a fingers uh, fingers crossed because yeah. the Utah governor did the same thing and then his legislature overrode him and uh-huh. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that didn't happen again in Indiana. Yeah, well, he said Eric Holcomb said in his uh, veto letter that the legislation quote unquote falls short of providing a consistent statewide policy for what he called fairness in K through 12 sports. So right. I think the reason he vetoed it is it didn't go far enough. That's just, this is my yeah. analysis. It, it, it could be. It yeah. could be. So that makes sense. But at least for now, it's not on the books. It's been vetoed, so they're going to have to start again or uh, reintroduce the same bill, what have you. Say, here's a here's a question we haven't addressed today. Okay. Where, where does the freaking time go? <laughs> no shit. No shit. Well, it's uh, it's always limited. We could do a three-hour show. We could do like well, a radio, yeah, yeah. radio length this? show. Yeah. What if we do a shadow docket in just a couple of seconds, only for the people who are Patreon subscribers? <laughs> that's that's it. Why don't we do that? Let's shove everything over that Good we didn't idea. get to here uh, today over into the shadow docket show. Of course, mm-hmm. as you all know. That is our exclusive uh, Patreon-only bonus show that we run after every Tuesday and after every Thursday show. Yeah, it's Act 3 of the show, but we make it only available to our Patreon subscribers who sign up at $5 a month. I mean, seriously, $5 a month. That's it. That's it. We can all afford like $5 a month. I think that's doable. I feel better knowing we're not done. That's right, and we're not. We're not. We still have uh, maybe another 15, 20 minutes to go. Uh, coming up next on the Shadow Docket, we're going to talk about, oh, uh, a little bit of COVID news still to come here. Yes. Uh, Tucker Carlson. We're going to talk about Tucker Carlson and uh, how he was banned from Twitter and why. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, Madison Cawthorn. Oh, no. yeah. Mm. And, uh, oh, this dumb fuck Nebraska lawmaker who had to walk back 
uh, this conspiracy yeah. theory he talked about. So we're going to be talking about all your favorite people. Yes, all your favorites. <laughs> and the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Just go there, uh, pick the tier that says $5 a month Shadow Docket shows. It's that mm-hmm. easy. Put in your information, and then you're all set to go. In a couple of minutes, you'll be listening to the Shadow Docket if you sign up at $5 a month. So, again, go to our Patreon page, do all that, and uh, and we thank you in advance. And I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way we talked about the smack. I'm, yeah, me too. I'm I satisfied. think we covered that well. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't hit people. Yeah. Don't hit people. Violence is not the answer. I mean, it really, I mean, we joke. It, it comes down to that. Yeah. That's the simple fact of the matter, even though it was a stupid, what a stupid joke. What a stupid joke to get assaulted over. It was. Too, it's as stupid as Oma and Oprah. <laughs> That's right. All right. See you on the Shadow Docket, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Hands to yourself. Don't look up. <laughs>